listening to the food talk show hi there my name is Susie Warren Smith and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink I'm joined by my fellow presenter Jane Payton who is one of the UK's leading experts on beer and cider and in fact she's a certified beer sommelier and author of numerous books on the subject we're going to be talking vegan food. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Now, I'm fascinated by vegan food because um, it's a growing market, isn't it? And it, it is, indeed. Me. Our expert today, James Lawrence. Hello. You're an expert, James. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know that, did you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't say so myself. Yes, you are. James Lawrence, um, uh, I live in Hythe in, in, uh, near Folkestone in Kent, and Jane is a visitor quite often to Kent. Have you ever been to the um, Harbour Arm at Folkestone, Jane? I have. I've been several times. I went about, uh, the last time I was there, about three months ago. It's changed so much, but it's so dynamic and bustling oh, and it's, vibrant. It's, it's, it's absolutely marvelous. fantastic, yeah. So basically the Harbour Arm is uh, where the ferries used to go uh, from there to, I think it was Calais and Boulogne. Uh, and I remember getting on, on, the, on the ferries on the, on the sort of booze run. You know, in the old days when it went... When booze cruise, yeah. The booze cruise is where it used to be much cheaper to get uh, wine in France, go over the booze cruise, <clears throat> get off at Boulogne, go to the, um, the supermarkets there and then come back. Um, and so there's a big harbour, literally is an arm that stretches out into the sea. And right at the end there, there's, there's a sort of little lighthouse thing, which I don't think is used as an, anymore. And if you stand on the end there, you can look right towards Dover, the cl- White Cliffs of Dover, um, or if you turn around, you can look right the way across the bay, uh, all the way up to sort of Dungeness. I mean, it's an amazing spot. And, and Folkestone's got a great sandy beach, actually, called Sunny Sands. And, and it's suddenly sprung to life, hasn't it? It really has, with food and drink and... Pop-up things. Pop-up. It's just, it just shows you what food and drink does as a, as a hub to really attract people in. And it's just, it's marvellous, great atmosphere. Yeah, and, and the thing for me is it's regenerated the area by using uh, food and drink. Um, it's um, it's a pretty dire place to be in the winter because the, the, the seas are rough and it gets closed because it's going to be quite dangerous. But it's now open. Um, so when you get to about Easter, it's open like seven days a week. My favourite day is trotting down there on a Sunday. So I cycle. Don't know if, um, I don't know if it's illegal to cycle back when you're drunk. But anyway... Well, not drunk, but, you know, had, had, had a couple of glasses. Uh, and there's all these amazing um, food and drink places. And there's always some music on, live music, which is great. So you sit there with a nice beer, watching the world go by, listening to some music. And the great thing is all the family can choose different things to eat. There's great fish and there's seafood or hot dogs or vegan. I'm going to come on to that in a minute. It's so lively. Mm-hmm. Great. And you sit there looking out. If it's a sunny day, you're on the beach looking out and you could be in the Mediterranean. 
If you, you don't look back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm. I was going to I was going to politically incorrectly say yes, probably not as many tattoos and um, as, as piercings as you possibly might get um, somewhere and that's in just me. And that is just you, Jane, <laughs> getting that out. So so James uh, and his sort of co-partner, uh, Lee, uh, decided to set up in this thriving bit. Uh, now, you're in the car park, which sounds rubbish, but it isn't, is it? Because even in the car park, there's a there's a big screen where some um, films or, or, you know, football's on, you know, if it's an important match. And there's like a big containers that are selling coffee and there's all sorts of things going on the, the docker dockers the 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 bread people um so you you're you're based there when did you because you've been there a very long time haven't you james yeah so when the arm first opened uh about eight years ago we actually took one of the small units in the corridor of the station platform further down on the arm um and that was so small it was probably about Eight square meters uh, floor sp- floor area. <laughs> really? so it, was, it was really that yeah. small, um, and yeah, we quickly outgrew that. And uh, about four and a half years ago, when they started drawing up plans to introduce some container restaurants on the arm, uh, we jumped at the chance. Yeah, uh, to be literally meters from the sea with a restaurant with views a- across the channel is just... It is fabulous, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's such an opportunity. And, we, and for anybody that hasn't been, um, the uh, Orient Express uh, used to come in mm. past the harbour and, and had this um, extraordinary railway station uh, where people used to get off and then get on, you know, the Venice Simpland uh, down to Paris and then Venice. So it's an extraordinary ornate railway platform in a way absolutely Uh, like you say about being between london and paris it really is that midway point that that pinnacle where so much through traffic is carrying all of this extraordinary food and information through all the time so it's almost like we're fortunate in Folkestone to be in that point where all of this uh interesting cultural uh uh, new uh ideas just keep popping up and we we feel that influence yeah, now one of my favourites is a railway, was a railway carriage, and I, I can't remember the lady's name. I'm going to definitely get her on the show, I think. And her and her daughter, they just do lobster and mussels. Mm, mm. It's the most fantastic quality. It's fresh. Lobster mussels and like a, an extraordinary glass of, of English sparkling. Can't get better than that. Oh, God, heaven. It's great. So sit in a railway carriage. Then there's a big Greek bus, isn't there? Yes, which is mad. It's now Greek Street. <laughs> yeah. so, so they've got a double-decker bus, which they've painted blue and white. Uh, and they've got the kitchen downstairs, haven't they? And you can sit upstairs and eat great Greek salads and things like that. Or, or just sit out, uh, again, looking out over the sea. So there's an, uh, And then there's an Indian place and there's bars. It's an extraordinary Absolutely. mix. Absolutely. And that's, I think, part of what stands out about Folks and Harbour Arm is the diversity uh, of all of these different food cultures in one area and one place. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's magical. But you and Lee just focus on vegan food. We do. So why is that? Well, I I think originally it's uh, an expression of both of our passions, a passion in many things. What drew us personally to making healthier food choices for ourselves was very much about sustainability foremost. Um, And secondly, health. And as we grew and made these choices ourselves in our own lifestyle and understanding the skills that we had in the career of catering that we were in, we thought, why not put this to the best use we can by taking this knowledge, 
and, and investing it in ourselves with our skills and sharing with our community the food that we feel uh, stands for uh, the best values in our health and in, in our sustainability of our community. So just tell me some of the things that are on your menu because, you know, I, I, I will choose vegan food occasionally. I'm not a dedicated vegan, but the stuff you have on your menu just makes your mouth water. Just give <laughs> us a few samples that you got on this week. Okay, uh, so we're just about to change the menu. We're coming out of the winter season. Yep. And one exciting dish we have on our menu, um, it's a braised tempeh dish and it's in the form of a suet pudding. And we top that with some horseradish cream and some leek hay. Uh, and that's served on a bed of sautéed greens. And the greens are brassicas that are grown locally by the Walmerston growers. And where they grow for the animals in the local zoos, all of their produce is at least spray-free, if not organic. Uh, so that's that's a pretty interesting dish. And something on your new menu? What are you what are you what are you thinking? Yes, so we've got lots of things coming on the new menu. Uh, we have this one dish um, which takes influence from Korea in particular and Asian countries where we make our own kimchi and we're using a fennel uh, as the base for this kimchi um, as it's grown locally. And that's on top of some panko aubergine served with some sautéed uh, roasted sweet potato, sesame, soy in there on a bit of butternut squash puree, uh, coriander leaves, ginger crisps. Uh, so, yeah, quite a, quite a few things on there. I mean, what do you think of that, Jane? Is it, <laughs> I mean, you look at the menu and you go, wow. wow. Oh, it happens to be vegan. But you wouldn't even notice that it, it wasn't, just, just the description fantastic. of it and those ingredients. And are you a sit-down yeah, place? Yeah, then? Sit we down. are, yes. So we do seat about 30 inside and 30 outside. Mm. So we, in the summer we can, you know, do about 60 people at any one time. Right, I know where I'm going next. <laughs> the really, it's really, really good. Are you licensed? Um, we are indeed. <gasps> See, we're even happier now, aren't we? And we take as much care in our wines as we do our food also. Do you? So you'll be sure to enjoy a good glass of wine with your lunch. And also we're, we're, we're very lucky in Kent, aren't we? Because we, we are surrounded by growers. I mean, it is literally called the Garden of England. And I know um, Lee in particular is really keen on local tomatoes. Mm. And um, so, so we're really lucky to have that amazing stuff within reach. And I know you, you're, you're very, very careful to source locally as much as you can, aren't you? It's a, a, a huge part of our uh, food um, sourcing is the locality of our ingredients. Not only is it sustainable in its ability to get the food from the farm to the plate without traveling too many miles and using fuel. It's really something that I've taken an influence from Japanese philosophy in which the foods that grow locally are designed to support the local community. If you think about watermelon, for example, it grows in hot climates where you dehydrate fast and you require sugars and fluids in your body. Whereas over here in the UK, it's much colder and we grow many root vegetables in this country like potatoes. Oh, potatoes, love Absolutely. potatoes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and starches and, and they sustain us better in this environment where we perhaps need to be a bit warmer. Mm. Now, you are actually a community interest company. So you guys... Um, 
you know, not are you do, only doing this extraordinary thing, you're not there to make some huge profit for yourselves. You feel quite strongly that this is a, is a community, a, a, a resource, if you like. Um, so just, I know you're very modest, both you and Lee, but just explain why you're a community interest company and, and all the community work that you do in terms of trying to get children in particular to understand about health and I mean you're not ramming the vegan message through to them at all don't even use the word vegan. exactly so 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 just explain what you're trying to do because because it because it's amazing so firstly with regards to the word vegan we find it's easy to alienate somebody when mm. sharing something new and something different and it's important for us to be conscious of that and we want to cook for everybody um, so we don't want to use any terminology that's going to push certain people away and attract others. What we really want to do is we want to cook for everybody. And the food that we cook comes from a, a, an ethos of health and well-being. And we use food as a, 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 a platform to communicate this. So with regards to the investment um, in our community, we... we positioned ourselves here in the east end of Folkestone and where the uh, these east wards of Folkestone have the highest rates of obesity and some of the highest rates of deprivation, low-income households and other uh, communities that suffer greater it is exactly where we need to be to have the most positive impact. impact yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's where we positioned ourselves and it really has come from a, a, a position where we want to be influential. And I find certainly when wanting to share information with somebody, telling them what they're doing is wrong and what they should be doing right is not the way to go about it. Oh, it's really things. condescending as well. Absolutely. James. I hate yeah. it. It's yeah. horrible. It's horrible when I feel that from others. Yeah. So for us, we want to lead by example. We want to have open doors and invite people to come and join us and have an experience where they can feel comfortable and soak up what they wish. And try stuff as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when we're not opening the restaurant, we're delivering community events, projects with private groups, with community groups. And in recent years, we've gone further into understanding how food plays a part in our health, not only physically, but mentally, too. Uh, so we set I, th up I think the mental thing is, a, is, a, is really important. And I think if you're eating the wrong diet and you're, a, you're in a really bad place in your life, it just exacerbates it, doesn't it? It really does. It yeah. really does. And, uh, you know, your mental health can influence your physical health and vice versa. So to be conscious of both your physical and your mental health is something that I feel is a duty to ourselves. Um, so we created a program called the Walnuts uh, Group, and it's essentially trying to change that idea that somebody could be nuts or crazy because the reality is we're all nuts. Yeah. And there's something significant about the walnut in which it's packed full of an ingredient called selenium, which is really nowadays being um, shared as something that's great for cognitive function. Um, and it is being, you know, suggested as something that you should incorporate in your diet for those reasons. Absolutely, yeah. So it represents this idea that food can really have a positive impact on our well-being, not just physically, but also mentally. And we use food as a platform to bring together a small group of young men aged 16 to 30 together on a regular basis where we get together, we have dinner and we talk about our feelings. And it could be as simple as how are you feeling or how are and you? And this, just, this is just guys, is it? 
Yeah, so because they're they're not the greatest at, at sharing that sort of thing. It's true. It's so, true. So, do you think that having food in the middle between you actually helps? Absolutely, it's biblical. Jesus broke bread at the table and he brought uh, his disciples together using food as a platform to uh, bring some comfort and normality to the group. Um, and I find it equalizes the environment yeah. because everybody yeah. needs to eat. And uh, it, it's a way in which people can bring together and break down the barriers and these shields that they might be putting up in front of their emotions. Uh, so much so that they actually open up and share their feelings. I mean, these guys are extraordinary, Jane, because because not only you know are they talented, uh, and the food is extraordinary um, at Doctor Legumes uh, on Folkestone Harbour Arm, but they're really using business for good, which I feel quite strongly about. You know, uh, um, we do see some horrendous things on television, which which just drive me mad. You know, you see The Apprentice with Alan Sugar, and somehow belittling people and bullying is okay well it's not actually and they should stop perpetuating it Be because actually businesses can really do so much good and it doesn't mean they won't make a profit i'd argue they probably make more profit actually um, it's good for business but but they, they do have a responsibility do, do you not think in 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 society in the way that they you know, for their customers, their suppliers, getting the right suppliers on board, but also their staff, you know, treating the staff properly. Um, mm. And these people who are bullying, shouting, they've just got to get out of the way, I think. We need more, we need more Lee and James, don't we? <laughs> we absolutely do. And just don't the passion and the integrity that you're showing, um, James. And that's what business should be, I think. You know, people mm. with integrity and doing good things because we're not in a vacuum. We're part of the community and... Absolutely. Be kind to and I do feel there is more and more of that everywhere I, I go. I'm seeing uh, a growth in community values. Good. Uh, yeah, good. And yeah, I really believe there are, are more and more businesses who are starting mm -hmm. to have a more positive impact, not only on their employees, but in, in the work that they do. Yeah. And their, their, their supply chain. Now, I know you don't like using the word vegan, mm. but I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, so, um, 3% of the UK adult population are true vegans. It's up a little bit, but it hasn't really changed that much. However, the number of people who are eating in a flexible way and eating vegan meals at some point during the week or trying to cut down on their meat intake is a lot. It's, a lot, it's now about a third of the population. So in your, your restaurant, when you get people coming, is it is it you know vegans are going oh i'm dying to try this because i'm a vegan and i've heard about it or is it people going oh i just really like that menu so i'm gonna sit you know is it or, or you know is it a mixture so what? i would say a majority of our customers are not vegans mm. um and part of that i feel is from how we go about sharing our menus and the dishes that we create and the wording that we use to describe these dishes yeah it really leaves it open for anybody to be tempted, uh, to be interested. Part of that is allowing certain dishes on our menu to be familiar to what people would expect from a, a diet in this country, uh, using traditional recipes as well, um, and even imitating certain uh, ingredients or products that people are familiar with. Mm. And other parts of our menu is open for just a very simple, clean, whole foods diet where we're doing the least amount to our ingredients to get the most out of them. 
And what we really want to do is create a, a menu that appeals to everybody. Yeah. And not it does just... appeal to me, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does leave us in a situation where we find ourselves uh, creating so many dishes, uh, but that's not necessarily a problem. If you want to come and have a, an interesting dining experience with us of an evening, you could have a eight-course taster menu working your way through the small plates mm. on, on the menu, if you so wished. And have, have you seen a change in the last eight years uh, uh, towards the sort of, you know, the, the sort of clientele that you're having is there a change in attitude do you think well you know were you seen as odd to start with <laughs> yes i think we will continue to feel that for some time i feel certainly in the broader communities we're still a minority with the uh food product and service that we offer there's not many vegan restaurants in the uk let alone in folkestone and with that will always come uh, a certain preconception um, because we are a minority and I feel as communities move through their food culture they will follow the crowd a lot of the time so there will always be a, a sense of well we're the underdogs and we're trying to uh, get, work our way into the market um, but, but but when you walk past your restaurant you wouldn't just say, oh, that's definitely vegan. You just wouldn't. No. It doesn't look like that. It's very inviting. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if over the years, you know, there's less, in inverted commas, opposition to it. Oh, God, it's vegan. <laughs> there's no meat uh, or there's no fish, you know. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that. But I think as more and more people are coming to the area of Folkestone mm. and the Harbour Arm, uh, we do get a huge amount of traffic. And I do see on a daily basis so many people walk into our restaurant, find out that it's vegan and walk straight back out. And that is interesting. And that's probably without looking at what's on the menu. It's just a perception, do you think? No, no, that's no, once look seeing the menu oh, okay. and then understanding that, oh, it's a vegan restaurant and then deciding they didn't want to give it a go and, and going somewhere else. Fair enough, I guess. But but do you find that there's more women than men uh, eating vegan food in your restaurant i would say there's more women who are uh encouraging their husbands to try it <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think because my husband's dedicated to eating meat it's like yeah. no you're gonna i'm gonna make you sit down here because it will I, the, 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 you know, the tastes are amazing there is mm. something that seems um in union about masculinity and carnivorous diets but yeah, personally, um, in, in my relationship, I find that my wife often has the better ideas. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the food, you mean? Well, in or terms of food. most things. <laughs> but if I could use that as a, 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 as a tool to understand in business how customers react to our foods, then yes, yeah. I would say women are more, more encouraged to try vegan food than the men mm. are. That's, that's interesting. Well, um, apparently Veganuary... Uh, this year had over 600,000 people sign up. And I do think there's a really interesting correlation that people think that vegan equals health, uh, uh, which isn't, isn't always necessarily true, of course. Absolutely not. No, but, but I do think people are saying, no, 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 I, I want to cut down on meat a little bit or I want to, you know, not exclude it from my diet, mm. but, but have a look at that. The other thing is, um, I wonder what you thought about meat substitutes. So the meat substitute market is now worth over 400 million in the UK annually. And there's a lot of investment going into, you know, this looks and tastes uh, like meat. Now, for me, I don't think I want that. I think I want something that's vegan, 
you know, like a halloumi burger, or, you mm. know, or why would you not have that? Why would you have some meat substitute thing? And I don't really understand the, you know, the meat, the meat substitute. Where, where do you stand on that? So I, I hear exactly what you're saying and I, I can appreciate that very much um, because the healthiest of diets is a whole foods diet in mm. which you're doing the least amount to the ingredients. And through, through that understanding, processed foods is almost non-existent in a whole foods diet. The most process you're going to get in a whole foods diet is perhaps making bread uh, from a grain of flour. And yes, it, it's something that is always in my mind as a question when I'm eating these foods myself and I, and I consider how much of these foods I should be eating. Um, because often the way in food culture is new products will come to market, we'll enjoy them, we'll love them. And it won't be until decades later that we'll actually get the research come through to tell us whether or not this food is best yeah. for us yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I keep a quite an open mind about um, whether or not processed vegan meat alternatives are good or bad right. for the body. But, but you don't use them in your restaurant. We do, we do. Oh, do. But what, we make what sort them of and process them ourselves. Uh, okay, yeah, for yeah. example, we use wheat flour to make a, a vegan bacon alternative. And it's simply by adding other flavours... Um, like beetroot to get the colour yeah. um, and uh, we even smoke the flour to get the flavour as well um, and use stock water to bring these ingredients together, uh, a bit of uh, plant-based fat as well. So we know the ingredients that are going into it. this and, and the methods to produce them um, you just refine them are, and... are, are really quite simple, yeah. you know, blending, mixing and cooking. So it doesn't feel like it's uh, a, Some a, 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 modified, a negative yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. However, we're keen to learn more and we want to develop research programs with this. Uh, we have become partners with Canterbury Christchurch University who have facilities in running research programs. Um, and as we move further in, in our business growth, we intend to start to run some research programs on the products that not only we create, but what are out there in the market and compare them to the alternatives that they're trying to you know mimic the the real meats it's oh, brilliant so that's dr legumes folks in harbour on if you go and look at dr legumes on it you'll you'll find both james and lee final word from you jane if you've got stuff that's that pure and that fresh and that you know not mucked around with um and you were sitting down to a nice lunch harbour arm sun shining what would you drink with that to really bring out the flavours? Because it's so pure. Yes, I mean, um, you, James talked about the new menu coming up, so that's going to be a more summery menu. Um, oh, I would actually, just the way you were talking, I'd want to go for an English sparkling wine. I was thinking mm. exactly yeah. the same because it's so clean and yeah, fresh. clean and fresh and zesty and lifts mm. those flavours and refreshes and... Yeah. And we're lucky enough to have some great uh, sparkling wine producers in Kent, of course. Absolutely, yes. Who do you who do you use in your? So there is a few uh, local um, vineyards, Turlingham being the closest, I believe. 
just up the hill above Folkestone. We have had them on the programme. Yes, and they're they're great supporters of what we do and they're often eating our food as well. Good. So it's it's nice to have that. Yeah, they're they're the closest. So um, thank you so much to James Lawrence of Dr Legumes and just a quick call out to Lee Desai, your other half. Yes. Uh, In the morning, if you ever go there, which I do sometimes on my bike, you'll hear them with the loud music playing. (laughs) James is preparing the food. He's got his he's got his music turn right up loud while he's doing his chopping it's part of the vibe <laughs> <laughs> while he's getting everything ready um in the uh feel good yeah yeah feel good so thank you so much um you really must go and visit jane oh absolutely um, i'm going to be there quite soon so i'm going to suggest me and my mate go for lunch it's a really and dinner it is a really great place to visit um so uh, and and train station there you can get there so you can have a, have a nice drink and, and, and listen to the music Again, thank you, uh, Dr. Legumes. Thank on, you. On the folks in Harbour on. Pleasure, James. Um, so, thank you, Jane. You didn't say much, really. Just, no, just stunned. Do you know, James is one of those people who just want to listen to him. Yeah, just listen. Yeah, I know. If you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, please get in touch with us. Um, at hello at foodtalk.co.uk. Don't forget, we have hundreds of podcasts on topics from can't mention snail farming because james is here um anyway gym <laughs> making and things like that um please go to foodtalk.co.uk have a good week bye-bye